We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2023 Sony Open Picks Preview Bets. The one and done begins this week, as is our three-man competition. Guy who kept track of it last year, you let me know if you want to keep track of it again this year, because I certainly do not want to keep track of it for any sort of deal at all. I uh, will recap the TOC. How fun that was. That was fun for everyone, right? And the Listeners League is now open. Uh, it's 2,500 spots again. Uh, it didn't fill till Thursday morning last week. We need to speed that up a little bit because not all of these tournaments after this week will start midway through the afternoon on Thursday. So if we want to keep it and make it bigger, we need to fill it as quickly as possible. That link is down in the description. Reminder to smash the like to the episode. Sub to Mayo Media Network. If you haven't left a rating and review on the audio podcast, or even if you haven't subscribed to the audio podcast, please go do that right now. As always, the research show from Sunday already out. You can go back and check that out. Plus, the final Sunday night live NFL show was last night with me, Cust and Kenny, I had a little mini meltdown as the Morikawa stuff was going on, but uh, Jeff, I've come to deal with it. I've come to think of it in this sense, and it was good. Sometimes I need to get my frustrations out. Everyone tilts in a very different way when you're watching something go completely against you in real time, but it's almost like the NFL thing because we went 0-8 on the Best Bet show to or last week, and this week I think we went 8-1, and so it was a great week this week. Stuff can turn around, and someone's like, well, you guys all lost your best bets by, like, 58 points combined. It's like, well, it's no different than if we lost in three combined. Like, we lost. So the way I'm choosing to look at the Morikawa thing is he lost by three strokes, two strokes. I didn't even watch him play 18. I have no idea if he birdied 18 or not. I assume he didn't with the way that he was playing. But whether he loses by two or three, I'm just going to make it seem, in my mind, like Rom was winning by 10 the entire time, and Morikawa had a nice charge. He lost. He didn't win. It doesn't matter how he lost. He lost. Sucks. I mean, good luck to you um, with that. All in full disclosure, didn't get to watch your show last night because I had to turn off the Internet. The Internet <laughs> was just not my friend. The Internet was yelling at me. Things were finally nice for once and can never be nice. I had no investment in Morikawa. I was not in that tournament. And I will in full disclosure because I don't fake shit. I didn't see a single shot. And that's Staley's fault. Because I can't change the channel. Everyone's out there. 
Sorry for yelling. Sorry for yelling. Like, I'm not as, like, triggered as other people as long as people will be okay. But I was just thought, like, I even told my wife, like, yeah, I think I'll be able to have dinner. Like, uh, with the kids. Like, it should be a preseason game at 6 o'clock. No, it wasn't. So, all I saw was it was down to 3 at 13. And then the next thing I saw, Rom won. And, yeah, so I'm sorry. That that sucks. That sucks. It happens. I it ha- felt listen, bad for everybody, but I didn't I didn't see a shot. I looked at the scorecards. I saw Morikawa made three. Rom shot 10 under. Morikawa made three bogeys. It's like, did he choke? The guy shot 10 yes. under. No, no, he, he choked. Probably choked. No, he probably choked. Yeah, he choked. He yeah. Choked. No, I'm saying to any notion of, yeah, that guy shot 10 under, still a choke. Still a choke. Uh, you're mentally stronger than I am. That would be a real, like, uh, way to stop. Like, there's so many weeks of this shit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, to start it like that. Oh, my uh, it, God. It, it, was, it was nice. Like, I didn't want to get too far ahead of myself. And this is going to apply to anyone who tweets at me, sends me an Instagram DM, whatever it may be. I don't want to hear about how fucking good a pick is until the pick is won. I just don't want to hear about it. It, it stresses me out the oh. entire time because stuff like this happens. I bet on enough golf where stuff like this. I mean, this hasn't happened. Where he was minus 20,000 at one point with a nine-stroke lead. And even I started feeling pretty good about it. But it's my fault. I told Tim, he asked me what was going on in the golf. I told him that I don't want him even knowing what is happening with the golf. And you know, so we went through it. And then we got to the late set of the football games. It's like, well, we have an extra TV. I was like, Tim, just don't say anything. I'm going to put on the golf. And I just don't want you to comment on it. That, that's all I need right now. I turned it on. Morikawa was up seven. We're feeling good. And then it's just like, woo. He's flying the green out of the greenside bunker and making bogey. He's sculling chips that roll back to his feet. It was a fucking disaster. Like, that's the thing. Like, Rom shot minus 10. That's fine. Morikawa just needed to play average golf, and he still wins by three, and he couldn't fucking do that. See, all the, like, chips back to your feet, again, I don't, I'm not going to miffony anything. I will see it when golf channel replays it this week. And you know, I'll, I'll in, I'm going to see it again. I'm sure I'll walk into it. I'm shocked. My buddy who likes to bet hard bet Rom at 50 to one. Um, I think he said it was on like the sixth hole. I'm sure there's surprised some insane tickets out there based on the um, what Morikawa's odds were. I, I believe that the longest he got was 250 to one at one point. I mean, Morikawa was up by nine after one hole. <laughs> That's and, and even coming down the stretch when I was looking at it and Rom was making his charge, I was thinking like, do I hedge here? I was like, ah, I don't really need to hedge. Like 15 is like the easiest hole of all time. Make a birdie there, make a birdie at 18. And Rom would have to eagle both 15 and 18 and birdie another one in between just or birdie out and like birdie his final eight holes. And that's the only way he could still beat Morikawa if Morikawa just plays clean. And Morikawa was playing clean enough. He was just doing the classic, hey, I'm just going to hit to the fairway. I'm going to hit it to 40 feet and two putt for par. And then he started missing greens when the pressure got ramped up. And they started fucking around around the greens. It was horrible. <laughs> People were victory lapping that thing since I, Thursday. I know. I mean, I wasn't on I the know. internet yesterday, but I was on the internet Thursday through, uh, Sunday at five o'clock. I was on the internet plenty. Um, yeah, golf is so mean. Golf 
is so cruel. That sort of shit can only possibly happen in the most jabroni European tour event. I was you I, wouldn't have. You, you know what? You're exactly right. It, the first thing that went through my mind when I looked at the lead and it started going, it's like, well, you can't blow this. This isn't the Euro Tour. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It was. It was not. I, a feel, I feel for everybody. Fortune. I feel for everybody. Hopefully, all the more cow betters. Like cash for out. me, it's be. Uh, I don't know cash out or. Hey, I'm just saying. Hopefully, you could see like today's board clearly, or you know, I don't know. That's an early tilt for a long season. Hey, it's a good reminder of what golf season is, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about it. And you made an analogy to your football picks, and I didn't know you guys went eight and one. I mean, I watched the show. I didn't calculate the picks. I mean, I watch for the entertainment. Um, well, and the picks. I'm not debating that. I'll have to see who everybody's on. But it's just like NFL in a in a microcosm. Whoever like was horrible last week is going to win the next week and be great. Um, that is a good yeah. reminder for this tournament as well because I even put it in my article on DK Nation. Like you look at the year that Hideki won last year. He didn't really have a good TOC whatsoever. Uh, Kevin Na was an abject failure at the tournament of champions then he goes out and wins the sony as well so i'm not really sweating what guys did last week in fact i'm actually looking at one guy right now on the screen that i wasn't really considering and like when you kind of take a look at what he did last week it's like all right that's not so bad it's a guy i love losing money on anyway so any other thoughts like did you watch much of it? i know you didn't watch any of it yesterday but did you catch any of the first three rounds throughout the tournament like tom kim telling asking the cameraman if he got that one on tape i like that tom kim knows like there's a chance that maybe his golf shot in a field of 38 people may not have got ca- captured on tape <laughs> i i loved it e- even as my bets like really showed no life from go i was um it was just us. I enjoyed every second of watching it. Every part about Tom Kim is. I don't know. The guy is a goddamn legend. Like he is a legend. And it, it's sort of like he's so young, Pat. It's crazy. Like when he's 24, it's going to feel like we have known him forever, forever. And I'm excited to know him forever. Unless South Korean military government has something to say but we shouldn't worry about uh that now the app in action it was nice it gets um a little trigger sensitive on favorites like yes. i just want to yeah. check a I... guy out and it makes him my favorite I, hopefully they can fix that i don't mean to start a complaint when i really do think it's a nice yeah, we're, we're beta testing here like, like well, what what what's something that you think you can improve i had the exact same experience i'd be scrolling down it's like oh i need to check in on why jt poston just made a triple bogey on like a drivable par four what happened oh i've unfavorited him and now i have to favorite him again and then i have to like click over more to the right just to, just make it a little less sensitive that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Usually we want more uh, sensitive, but this is, we have to put like a Durex condom on it. Make it a little less sensitive. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the event, it's it's fun. It's fun. It's a great field. It's just an insane driver wedge fest. But um, I have no complaints watching Hawaii and and losing bets. That was, that was my role. Hey, and even when you go look, just to keep in mind for next year, they finally uploaded, for whatever reason, ShotLink, like, went down midway through the third round. I was trying to, like, I went to the Fantasy National to check on the live stats. Like, all these live stats aren't updated. Like, what the hell is going on here? So I text Moose. He's like, there's no feed. So I went to the app to go check out the round four stats, and, like, they were non-existent until, like, 20 minutes ago. Everything's updated now, but just 
strange that that feed ended up getting broken from the PGA Tour side. It's all fine now, but I think that's some stuff that I want to see in real time. I'm trying to figure out when I'm writing my column on Sunday mornings, being like, oh, I need to see some of these Tom Kim stats and try to like make a case against Tom Kim, which seemingly is impossible this week. But uh, to look at it, Rom and Morikawa were 1-2 in putting. Homa came third. He was fourth in putting. Like, If you're not making your putts here, you're screwed. 100%. And it's no secret to people who've watched us over the last couple of years. Like, I am a, I, I can't bet him because the numbers are short. Like, I adore John Rom. I don't care when he yells at things on the screen. I think he is the best golfer in the world. Uh, and a win like makes me think, you know, what sort of year and hopefully he can break through more in a major sense. But to the Morikawa people, this is like, you cap that shit perfectly. Whether you're a ride or die Morikawa and you bet it like you, Pat, or the people, I felt so stupid watching that, thinking like Morikawa 2022 to one. It was 39 guys. I'm not a ride or die Morikawa time, but I'm always willing to jump on the, um, you know, on the wheel. Like, how did I, was it blinded by Vic and M? I should have seen it. So, yeah, I don't know. It was a perfectly capped thing. It's unfortunate that it didn't go your way. And we start a year of nonstop favorites off with a favorite, which I'm sure is people spinning in and of itself of here we go again. But Sony Open, despite last year's heroics, does seem to give us at least fair, like quality numbers hitting as memory serves always. For the Sony Open, it's I saw a lot of people being like, you know, I, it was just one person that I saw on Twitter. I have no idea who it was. It was just like, hot take, Sony Open's better than the TOC. It's like, yeah, no shit. Of course it's better than the TOC. We have a real field of 144 players. Like, there's only so much you can get out of a limited field event. Now we're back to an entire board to choose from, a course which is specifically designed, it would seem, to allow almost anyone to win. It's an irons and putting course. That's all this is uh, when we go through the entire list of names here. Um... But just to give you a brief recap of what this this tournament is all about, you can watch the research show as I dig into it a little bit more. But we have, let's see here, 7,044 yards, par 70, Bermuda Grass, Wildlife Country Club, $8 million in the purse, so not an elevated event. 144 players, top 65 in ties, end up making the cut. Eight of the past nine winners, Jeff, have played the week before at the Tournament of Champions. The lone outlier was Cameron Smith, Three years ago in the weird, like, co- I don't know if it was pre-COVID or post-COVID, but it was the year that the President's Cup was in December. And then we saw, like, the first four winners of the year all played in that President's <laughs> Cup. So maybe that was the direct relations. That- it was pre-COVID. It was, pre- yeah, it, was, it was just pre-COVID. And the President's yeah. Cup was in Australia. Yeah. That's sort of why they sort of, yeah. That's that's why they picked a different time to do it, I feel. But but I had two theories on this. Like, why does this continue to be the case that guys that play the week before end up winning at the Sony Open? I think it boils down to two things. One, obviously, you get competitive rounds under your belt. Like, you are warmed up for a real event during the season where the other guys probably, I mean, they've played over the course of the past two months. But realistically, you know, competitive-wise, like, is the PNC shootout really a competition? No, not really. Is the hero a competition? No, not really. So it's been like five, six weeks weeks since these guys have actually competed in a tournament so it takes a bit of time for the rust to get knocked off then you have the other factor is that if you played in the tournament of champions and you're in the field at the sony open chances are you're probably one of the best players in the field at the sony open yeah 
obviously that second point, both points stand true. And you hear players say it all the time. You always hear Tiger say it, which maybe he won't say it anymore because he's going to play so little or it'll be his excuse when he doesn't sort of perform well. But it doesn't matter how you prepare. There's no preparing for competitive rounds. Um, you know, I guess guys try to find ways, you know, you, you put enough cash on things. It can feel more important than a Friday afternoon beside Alex Smalley, but I don't know. Something is clearly to it that there is an intrinsic value on just having competitive rounds for four days already in Hawaii in a PGA Tour setting. For sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And I had the list of them in my column. I believe there is 17 guys that played last week. Uh, none of the elites are playing outside of Tom Kim and Spieth, Hideki, and Sungjae. Those are the top players in this field, and they're at the top of the betting board as well. So when we get to that, you have Tom Kim, 20-year-old, two-time PGA Tour winner Tom Kim, as the betting favorite at 12 to one. Sungjae is 14, Spieth is 16, Hideki is 18 to one. Those are your four guys below 20 to one. I think you can, it's funny, you can make a pretty compelling case for all of these guys. I would say Hideki is probably the lowest at the totem pole based on the way that he's playing, but he is the defending champion at this course. Everyone's in love with Tom Kim this week. I actually thought Spieth played pretty well at Tournament of Champions, and Sungjae did after round one. So it's kind of a crapshoot at the top. Do you think this is like, I know a lot of people are already backing up the Brinks truck to bet Tom Kim as the favorite in this field. And I don't really have much of a case against it uh, because, I mean, he's 12 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. The best I'm seeing, yeah, is, is 12 to 1. You might be able to catch a 13 or 14 later in the week, but even that seems doubtful at this point because I think he's going to be a super popular bet. And it's, I couldn't come up with cons to bet against him here except for the fact that he's one of 144 players in this field and he's Tom Kim. He's 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a negative thing to say. Or as people might work, you know, besmirch. Learn that one from Cam. He doesn't throw it around so uh, often anymore. 
But uh, I, I there's no way to say a bad word about Tom Kim. You just kind of did it, though. The only thing I could say against the bet, a bet I really don't see myself making unless I just have a complete change of opinion over the next couple of days. Uh, there's not a bad word to say. 12 to 1. I don't want to put those sort of stakes here. I don't feel it like that. Um, if I do go 12 to 1, it does sort of sometimes bring in the truck back up, and I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. People already some heated debate or fun debate on Twitter, Pat. Simply, if you did take one season long, M versus Kim, who would you take? Kim. I think I picked Kim also in a vote, but I kind of just voted because I wanted to see the results and I wasn't really sure. Like I was I'm, I'm sitting on the fence there. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the wagon, but I'm not betting it at 12 to one. Well, the case for and against Tom Kim is weirdly, statistically, I think the case for and against Morikawa in a weird way. Although Tom Kim much better around the greens, obviously, than Colin Morikawa is. But two times in his career, he's gained more than, well, I mean, it's, it's six strokes, but the only twice in his career has he gained, like, since he turned, like, full pro since like we we met him in 2022 uh his like his 19 to 28 year old season he's gained 6.1 strokes once 12.5 once he's won both those events so every time that he hasn't every time that he's gained more than one stroke putting in a tournament he's won the event <laughs> it's like the morikawa like this is the i think second time in his career that he gained more than four strokes putting in a tournament and didn't win and he's come second in both those events like every week, fairways, Gannon off the tee, irons, lights out, and he can chip. Like, what's Again, not to like? <laughs> I'm not like there's so much hyperbole in the Tom Kim discourse, but it's just like, man, it's just magic. You can't buy it. And maybe it's just so lucky for the PGA Tour that they can, again, it's probably really unfair, but they can lose a Cam Smith and then just this flower just will spurt. And um, yeah, it's it's incredible. It's ungodly. It's ungodly what he is up to. Even to another I, point, I don't, he, I don't he, want to bet against it, but I don't want to bet on it either. Okay, like, I could have another guy, and I, like I don't want to cheer. How do I put this? It it would be even with a bet, it would still be really hard for me to cheer against Tom Kim unless it's like Sunday. It's a true 1v1 situation. Like, I, I can't look at him and not smile. Tom Kim was the only player in the top 10 last week who lost strokes putting. <laughs> like, his putting is his weakness, but it's not, he's not Luke List at the same time. And when he hits, he hits big. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the argument is against. It. The argument against him is there's 140 guys. So there's those law of averages or probabilities and variables that involve in that. And maybe he'll like strain a quad boogie boarding like on a day off. Like I, that's really the only thing. And one of them is completely made up. So I don't know. But all that being said, I'm still not here for 12 to one. Funny enough, though, Pat, someone will hit a 12 to one because we always joke like some will hit like their uh, uh, your ROM seven to ones. Yeah, it was a great comeback. It's like a oh, seven to one in a golf tournament. Screw that. Some guy hits like Jamal Williams, 550 first touchdown. You're the man. 
great bet, buddy. Woo! What's your point? It's that um, sometimes just you got to look at it like it's okay. Just go to the favorites. They're going to win. It's a winning bet. It's a great bet. Even at seven to one. Yeah, but the issue becomes when you're playing like a first touchdown bet and you're betting Jamal Williams at five to one, you're not also betting four other guys to score a first touchdown in that game oh, where you are in golf. Like, I mean, there are people last week who just did a single bullet on Rom and hit it and boom, that, that's fantastic. It was like last year when I bet Rory at the Canadian Open, I bet Rory and like two guys that were 200 to one or something like that. Like I only have enough money to make this worth my while to just bet on Rory. And I think that was 11 to one. So... Okay, it's that's a, a bad – the Jamal Williams thing's a bad point. I just love the dichotomy of – it's like as a golf – the golf bettors sometimes get really snobby when someone hits the favorite, but at the same time, someone will hit that like 12 to 1, 16 – like 14 to 1 first touchdown bet on the weekend. It'll be like, oh, great bet. You're the man. Great call. No, no, no. I, I understand that. They're all that. great calls. Listen, That's all. Like I said too any, much. Any, I'm an idiot. I'm no, no. Any, anytime that you win a bet, it's great. And yeah, I agree with you that the golf community can be rather snobbish about it. And I was being kind of snobby when I pointed that out. But it is. Like, I see people essentially rake themselves on bets all the time. It's like, wow, I bet this guy at seven, these two guys at 16 and 22. It's like, even if you win, you're not winning this week. What are we doing here? <laughs> you're right. And there's also like a return on investment and, you know, the season long game. Um, although if the favorites are going to hit, then it's going to be trouble even for us who like to bet in the, the mid twenties into the forties. But, um, yeah, it's just hard. I, it's just hard for my math to work on, uh, on Tom Kim this week. Well, the other thing, I mean, I think this is a course that is specifically geared towards him and specifically what he does well, not being a long hitter, being great with his irons and with a riding a hot putter. The issue is that a course like this, and we've seen him win at Wyndham, which is another course like this, so obviously it's going to fit him well, is that so much of the field is more live at a course yes. like this versus a Tory Pines or something. You want to bet the favorite at a course where Mark Wilson can roach you? <laughs> yeah. Like, just, you know, that's an example. I remember when Mark Wilson won. But 2011. I remember. It yeah, he's just just a little guy who can hit it out there and also gets to play with his short irons here. Yeah, it sets up for everybody. It's kind of got that Wyndham type vibe, right? Like in terms of of um, winner circle setup. Oh, absolutely. Like, I would say that like the new school Mark Wilson is like Brian Stewart. If Brian Stewart won this week, I wouldn't be stunned. I don't think that he's going to win, but he puts really well on Bermuda. He hits every fairway and gets really hot with his wedges. Like, that's his entire game. If he did it for four days, you'd be like, oh, yeah. It's like when Brian Gay won a few years ago. It's like, huh, Brian Gay. Well, that makes sense. He might gain 15 strokes putting in this event. See, this goes back to, like, I tell myself, I'm, how do I put this? Like, good players win. Good players are winning. Just worry about betting good players. Even if it means you're betting a couple less players, just bet on good players. And now I'm talking myself into betting, like, six Mark Wilsons. Okay. Speaking of Mark Wilson, it's like Mark Wilson on steroids, but I'm seeing a 27 on Brian Harmon right now. 
We betting Brian Herman? Because if I don't bet it now, that's that 27 is going to be gone. I'm seeing it, it. It just dropped a 16 to one at DraftKings and it's 22 everywhere else. There's a 25 that I see 27 as an enhanced is the best odd. So if I'm going to bet it, I feel like I need to bet it right now before I lose that number. I bet him. I didn't. I bet him to top five last week and I bet him in a head to head. He won the head to head. That was nice. Uh, not a great week for him. But this is a perfect Brian Herman course, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, even though I think last week I said, no, I'm not going to bet Brian Harmon to win at all this year. (laughs) You guys, all of them rank so high in rankings. I I know, like, as I even said, like fantasy rankings, guy can finish 10th place all year. Be a great fantasy pick. Doesn't need a win. Um, Just kind of taken aback. I'm more on Corey Connors, Pat, at that 25 to one at DraftKings as well, which I've seen dropping at other places, still holding at uh, DK. So I might actually need to bet that mid-show because like your Harmon I'm worried I'm going to lose that but 16 to 1 on Harmon that that, that, you got to shot you got to find something a little better because that kind of feels criminal yeah that's I mean that would lead me to believe there's been a lot of action on Brian Harmon this morning so to give you everyone else who's kind of in between beyond the top four like right now live time and we Paul built the graphics for the show about 30 minutes ago, and it was the top four, Kim, M. Spieth, and Matsuyama. Herman has passed Matsuyama in the odds. He's now 16 to 1. After that, it's Henley and Connors, 22 and 25. Hoagie Beach, who may or may not be, well, he is Andrew Kirst this week, 28 to 1. Taylor Montgomery, the flea market, is 28 to 1. So those are all your guys, 30 to 1 and below. I'm with you. I kind of like Connors here, but here's, I made the case for him in my column. Like, when you go back and look at Listen, we know he's not a good putter. In fact, he is quite an awful putter. He's never lost strokes putting at this course, which is mind-boggling. But can he putt enough to win this tournament? I think those are two different things. Like, two of the best three putting performances of his career have come at the Sony Open. That's good news. I mean, he's an accurate driver, but you don't need accuracy off the tee. You just need to be really lights out with your irons and hit a bunch of greens of regulation, which he does. He even did that last week, despite having a very poor driving week overall in terms of accuracy. He actually gained off the tee at the century. So I thought all of that was just really confusing. Did someone pull out of the—did Billy Horschel pull out of this tournament? Oh, he's fucking 35-1 to at DraftKings. That's a good bet, by the way. Did he— no, he didn't. He was just buried on the leader on the odds board here. He's like 22 everywhere else at DraftKings. Oh, no, he's 32 now. He just dropped down the list. I'm probably going to fucking... This is why we can't bet Tom Kim, because I'm going to end up betting like Brian Harmon and Corey Connors <laughs> and Billy Horschel. I... Yeah, so you lost me for... Uh, sorry, sorry. For I, 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 got, I got thrown off when I didn't see Horschel's name because he was one that I had written down. For Connors, can he make enough putts to win this tournament? I guess is my question. I mean, I guess what you're trying to say is this course is so this his top putting weeks here shouldn't be overrated because even like a sit like the worst putters have their good putting weeks here. No, no. My, my point is even his great putting weeks here are great for Corey Connors. They're not great enough to win this tournament. Oh. Like like okay. when you look at the, I see when you look at the splits yeah. like and go back through time. Yeah, there are guys that have one gaining two strokes putting here or whatever it might be. But generally speaking, your winner is going to gain like five to eight strokes on the green. And Corey Connors has done that exactly. He is. I mean, it's five point eight at Sony is his best. Five point one at Sony is his third best. He's gained over five strokes putting three times in his career. I can't believe Last week, I said I'm never going to bet on Brian Harmon to win, and I might one week later bet on Brian Harmon to win, Pat. I'm just looking at it on Fantasy National right now. He's 
he's gonna be very popular i mean I, i'm just telling you based on those fantasy wise like for sure wow okay how about this are you gonna bet sung jay yes or no no i think i'm out on all those 20 guys under 20 to one kind of want to bet spieth I mean, Spieth won at Heritage. Uh, his putter was actually going pretty well. The short game looked great. Although, again, this is one of these tournaments where the higher you go up on the leaderboard, the less and less important around the green gets because everyone hits greens in regulation here. I don't know. It's this, this feels like the type of course where Spieth is going to do well throughout the course of the rest of his career. Like, he, when he was running so pure, he was actually driving the ball really well. He wasn't like... John Daly off the tee, but he was above average distance, above average accuracy. Nowadays, he kind of needs to dial it back a little bit here, spray it around a bit, and hopefully his wedges get really hot, which we've seen him be able to do. Like, wedge, hot wedge, hot putting. I don't know if I can get there at the 16 to 1, but he might be my lean for like one and done or something like that. Yeah, I can see that. You're sticking with good players. It, it all matches up. He played last week. Uh, it does line up with his the modern Spieth sort of success track. Played well last week as well. Okay, let, let me ask you he, this. Then. He'd probably be my favorite player under 20 to 1. Okay. And on DraftKings, I'd rather I would rather bet him than Harmon at this at a, giving a point or the same number, it seems. The other question I would have to you is Corey Connors, 25 to one. You can bet one Corey Connors or for the same amount of money, you can get Mackenzie Hughes, JT Poston. And who was the other guy down there who played last week? Uh, either Svensson or where the hell are they? Svensson, Post, Mac Hughes. Mac Hughes is 80. Mackenzie Hughes is 80. Poston's 80. And Svensson's 90. So you could have like three of those guys plus money left over for one Corey Connors, knowing that all three of those guys can fill it up in the right week. Like Svensson's a bad putter, but like when he won RSM, he got like 10 strokes on the green. Okay, you make a good case. But I'm just going to let you know, I'm not mentally strong enough to be talked out of it. I'm prepared to lose money on Corey Connors this year. And we can start it at the Sony. I'm okay. going to bet Corey Connors at 25 to 1. Okay. Corey Connors. At that trade, it's not like you're. it's a bad trade. Um, but Corey Connors, I think he's going to have um, a big year. I think he's going to have a big year. I know that's... Uh, it's even dumber in golf. It's as dumb in golf as it is in baseball. Because I make fun of myself and people who do it all the time. Like, I don't have a future on Corey Connors because what would that future be? I'd rather just get cocky and try to pick his win than, um, like, I'm not betting on the anytime Corey Connors major. But I find myself sometimes in other sports, Pat. Like, if I bet a future on a team or I draft a guy in fantasy, I'm going to bet him in week one. Like, I'm going to bet his prop in week one. I'm going to bet that. Like, if I bet that team to win the World Series, like, oh, it's opening day. 162 of these. Team's going to win today. I picked them to win the World Series. I remember we joked about it, actually, one football offseason where Andrew Luck was on that trajectory of, like, his first year he made wa- made the playoffs. Second year he won a playoff game. It was like up and up. Oh, Colts are winning the Super Bowl. They're at Buffalo week one. It was all like everyone had their Colts Super Bowl futures. 
and oh, we got to bet them week one. They lost in Buffalo. And that's a long winded way around to say, like, I am messed up, but I'm betting Corey Connors. Okay, Corey Connors, 25 to one for you. I'm close to it. He's one of the names that I have written down for me. I guess we should have the Russell Henley conversation, a guy that I think as a community, we all bet last year. That was another fun meltdown on Sunday that didn't win. Lucky enough to say I lost money on different golfers that week. (laughs) Um, As Hideki made that charge. Hideki made that shot. The the Henley revenge the Henley revenge game. It feels like a perfect course fit. Pardon my ignorance. What would that Henley of number? What would the Henley number have been a year ago? I believe it was 45. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm not here for this. I'm not here for this. If people want to do it, they feel obligated. I just told you my insane reason why I'm obligated to someone else. If you like feel you want to recoup that on 22 to one, go for it. I'd rather bet. uh, I'd rather bet Spieth. Rather eat some points. So Henley did win Mayakoba, which is, I mean, we're not going to get it anymore on the PGA Tour, but that has been a great indicator of who is going to play well at this tournament. Kazire won the both back-to-back. Kuchar won the both back-to-back. Henley, obviously second at the Sony last year, wins Mayakoba. Could he come back and win it again? I just thought that was pretty interesting. I don't think he's going to grab my money that high up on the board, but... Lord knows he's probably going to win if I'm not going to bet on him because I don't think anyone has taken more money out of my pocket in my lifetime than Russell Henley. Like when I, I was running through like all the quick math in my head, like I've never picked him to win. I mean, I've picked him to win a whole bunch of times. He's never won when I bet him to win. Yeah, that makes sense. I yeah, and he won the time where you said this field sucks. I think Russell Henley's going to win, but the number's too short. I don't want to bet it when he won that Houston. It was a Houston open. Yeah, it was. Like I the, believe we I, all kind of said it like, no, I'm not betting Henley at 20 to one. I don't care if the field shit. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Classic stuff from us uh, telling you who's going to win and then not playing it and feel like idiots afterwards. So the, the only other guy that's down, I mean, Hoagie's down here. Uh, as you mentioned, he's going to the national championship game. Um, he's a TCU guy, so he's going to Hawaii to LA, back to Hawaii for this tournament. And you know that uh, it's probably a casino trip in there in between for for hot craps or whatever the hell they call them. Yeah, I thought the, the game was in Arizona. But oh, that's the other big game. No, you're right. I'm pretty sure it's in LA. You're right. It makes sense. Um, Yeah, that is such a boss move. Like any, it is the slob on the couch like me's dream. To be good enough to have a PGA Tour card, be, to be so committed to a team. I just won 900K at the Tournament of Champions yesterday. I'm going to still play in Sony next week, but I'm flying to I'm flying to see my Frogs play in an unbelievable national championship game. Go Frogs from me and Ladanian. He's also Anderker, so that's uh, why I'm not betting him this week. He did lead all players in strokes gained approach at the Tournament of Champions, though, if people were wondering about that. The only other one here is Taylor Montgomery. I don't think we're going to – I mean, I like Montgomery. It's probably fair that he's 28-1. to 1. I, I think I'm going to give him more of a look at, like, a Tory Pines or something like that, where his distance can really make a major impact. Where here, I think it's mitigated a bit. It is tempting, though, Pat. I've seen it up to enhanced 33s. Yeah, but like uh, at this course, I'd rather bet Keegan Bradley, weirdly enough. No, you're right. You're right. You're on a a Mark Wilson doppelganger. You don't need Taylor Montgomery. No, I I also don't like that he didn't play last week. 
<laughs> yeah, no, there's again, as I was going to say, checks a lot of the like there's a fever pitch to to get on Taylor Montgomery. But I think you're absolutely right. This is just not the layout for it. His strengths feel sort of neutralized. That Brian Harmon hoagie skill set does sort of seem like the one that I would rather be investing in here. I'd almost let's say I don't think it would matter because I think there's enough fever like hype about Montgomery, but I'd almost rather he get off to a real slow start and then like, I don't know, give us a nice number in Phoenix and, and San Diego, as you mentioned. Yeah. I'm completely on board with that. Maybe next week at career builder is where he can make it or American express or whatever the (laughs) hell they call that tournament these days. The Humana probably not, probably not presented by the crooked Hillary foundation anymore though. It's probably not the case at this point. 30 to 100 in terms of odds. Uh, just you had like the rest of the guys that played last week and all of like the top end players making their debuts. I'll get to the guy that you've already bet in a second, but you have like Mav, Mitchell, Keegan, KH Lee, uh, Billy Horschel's 35 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. I think it's a really nice number actually for a guy who played a lot better outside. He had a terrible first round at TOC and then was actually pretty good over the course of the weekend. Adam Scott, see, woo, Kim, JJ Spawn is here. Surprised. Spawn's only 40 to 1. I thought he'd be lower than that, honestly, on the board based on the week that he had. Cooch, Creo, Bez, Denny, Putnam, Will Gordon, Webb Simpson's 55 to 1. Uh, Kitty Yama's up there at 55 to 1. Poston, Mac Hughes, Gary Woodland, Buck, who loves to fuck, he is up there. Svensson, Kirk, all the regulars that we're now used to seeing. You have Robbie Shelton, who I like. He is down at 100 to 1 on DraftKings. So, of this bunch, the name that I didn't mention is the guy that you bet. Why do you like Cam Davis so much? uh Aussies in Hawaii he he didn't play last week and maybe he'll be the only guy I bet that didn't play last week but I'm a sucker for so many of these guys potentially uh I'm about to just worry about the good players bet good players you'll be fine um hopefully I don't just kick my strategy to the curb this week but I consider in this field Cam Davis one of the better players I got a 45 to 1 enhanced on uh, Fantasy National, there's pretty much nothing he ranks outside the top, uh, like, 20 in. It's just a, a you, you know, you're flying down the road and catching all these bright green lights. When you stat track them, oh, I'm, I'm here for it. Numbers seems more than fair. Yeah, two top 10s at this tournament, or sorry, one top 10 at this tournament in his lifetime the last three years, made the cut each of the past three years. Never really gained on approach all that much outside of the ninth place finish in 2020. And again, that was the Cam Smith year. And that year is a bit of an outlier because remember Cam Smith won at minus 11. There was a lot of wind. It was lift, clean, and replace. Ryan Palmer was trying to hit three woods out of the bunker on 18 to no avail. I had money on him, so that's always one that sticks out in my (laughs) mind. But it was like, it played super hard. Like minus 11 happened in 2020 and it happened in 2005 the usual winning score here is like minus 24 <laughs> so yeah. I, I i like it i'm not gonna bet cam davis but he also plays well with these shorter courses weirdly like you know top 10 at colonial top 10 at the heritage courses that i think are very much corollaries for this one so i, I think it's a good look here i like i said i am interested in horschel Strangely enough, uh, now that he's dri- dipped below 30 to one, I think those that's a good number for a quality of his quality of play in a field like this. Like, oh, it seems pretty good, doesn't it? I always. Um, how do you put this? Yeah, I always find Billy Horschel, even in weak fields, is disrespected with numbers. 
I and I don't run to bet him. I don't even can't remember the last time I made an outright bet on Billy Horschel, Pat. But I always have the conversations in these shorter fields based on what he's accomplished, based on what he's won. Just name value uh, to me, his numbers always seem higher than they should be. The only knock I could give is this type of tournament seems way below his trophy case. It like, does. His trophy case would laugh at this this Sony Open. He only wins huge tournaments that aren't majors. Like, that's all he's known for. It's true. Then can I interest you in a Keegan Bradley? Ooh, a little slim, a little slim down Keegan. He looks great. Yeah, he looks great. Um, although the broadcast is unrecognizable as he's lining up his putt. I'm like, I don't, he could gain a hundred, lose a hundred. You'd know it to the day you die who that is. <laughs> Like, I get, like, to an angle, he could be unrecognizable, but when he's lining, doing his putt routine, you're not allowed to say that guy's unrecognizable. We all know who that is. Um, I'd rather bet Billy. I'm not here for... And isn't Keegan, like, doesn't Keegan spike the hardest courses? Like, isn't that where you want to play Keegan? Like, yeah. your Honda and, like, that type of place? Like, a, a birdie boat race? Uh, I don't know. You, you throw that sometimes at me when I'm betting guys that don't make a ton of them. I, I'm not you, here for it. You but, know what? But I, when I, he does I, get I, on, he does have Brandon Steele. Like, everything's inside five feet for four days. Like, I he has that sort of wow. Um, and I'll have to watch it and not bet it because I'm not. I, I think that's actually a pretty good point. That even when you go look at where he does his best work, it's generally at harder courses uh, with lower winning scores because he rarely makes enough putts in order to do it he's had spike putting performance over the course of his career it's been a long career for him so he's had ample opportunity to do that I mean is Billy Horschel very much the same way like I just went look went back and looked at Billy's year last year like he won at Memorial he was second at Bay Hill that played super tough that week like, is he just another guy who plays better at tougher courses yeah I'm not sure yes another recent big win is Wentworth um in match play I don't I don't know about tougher courses and more so tougher fields, despite those are some real respectable courses. I'm the nut job, Pat. Well, not a nut job. Numbers are the same. I would get caught on Adam Smith, Adam Smith, Adam Scott before I got caught on Keegan. Well, if, you had, sure. the, if you had the invisible hand of a putting stroke with uh, Adam Smith, I think he'd be looking pretty good. But Adam Scott... I get it. It's a pretty deep number for him here. He's 35 at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can get him enhanced up to 38. I think I saw a 40 floating around as well on another spot. Now, sell, sell me on Adam Scott besides he was really good 10 years ago, and he likes Hawaii because he has a good tan. Okay, I don't have a ton because it's hard, and the birdie race is, is always you know something that came up last week when we discussed him quickly, but he played last week, and you mentioned it's 17 golfers who played last week. And if I'm not going to bet under 20 to one, which I get are the best golfers that now what brings us down to 12 golfers. So he, if that is the strategy, he is a guy to, to be discussed to, to not just write off on your first look through the board. Let's see. He has two top tens here. I mean, one of them was in 2009. So I don't know how relevant that is. He was 41st when he played in 2021. Did gain off the TM with approach last week against a pretty stacked field. Couldn't make a putt to save his life, but that's par for the course. He has improved on the greens over the course of the past few years. This is where it becomes difficult for me. Like, do I really want to build a card that looks like Harmon Horschel Connors? 
Like, yeah. I mean, th- this is th- this is all leading back to what if you just bet Tom Kim <laughs> or Jordan Spieth or Tom Kim yeah. and Jordan? Spieth. Yeah, like yeah. Here's think... my twelve to one. Here's my sixteen to one. Those yeah. are my only two bets. Yeah, and then overbet a little on football, lose those bets, and you won't even remember your lost golf bets on Sunday. Done. Easy game. Easy, easy. Um, yeah, what were we talking about? Adam Scott. Does he not sort of fit that Hideki narrative of played last week, didn't really played great, putted horribly, but the tune-up could be perfect? And you could probably say that about a lot of guys. And maybe now I'm overthinking it because don't get me wrong, Pat. Like, I would love to build a card of Smallies and Gordons and Thompsons. <laughs> oh, my. But this whole like they played last year, played the week before. It's in my head a lot. It's in my head, and it seems like it's a real real trend i mean don't forget that yeah hideki won last year after a poor week in a tune-up he had previously won the masters the year before that it's like scott's not at that part of his career anymore no he is not um maybe that's a bad example but i'm just saying like just having played last week sometimes is good shown that it's just good enough for what could happen this week yeah I can see that. 40 to one. I bet you you could maybe even find like over 40 on an enhanced. No, you can't. It's 38 on the enhanced. Okay. Um, I don't, as much as I'm a Scott truther, I'm not really here for the like 27 under party on Adam Scott. I just think with all the sort of stuff that he will survive multiple cuts as I try to narrow down a betting card. Yeah, as we, as we kind of put it down. So the other guys in that range, like I am interested in Poston and Matt Hughes. Uh, I believe they're both 75 to 1 right now, or maybe they're higher on DK Sportsbook. I'm looking at a 75 to 1. Uh, Matt Hughes, 60 to 1. JT Poston, 55 to 1. I like those less, obviously, than the ones that I'm seeing. I'd rather squeeze 20 more points of value out of them on this. But again, like I'm not really... They showed flashes of things at TOC. It's good enough for me, and I know that both of those guys can putt enough to win this tournament. Yeah, they absolutely can. And Mac Hughes, it almost feels like did you hear last Z- year- did you hear Zinger on the broadcast? Oh, Zinger's a true art. Hey, listen, it's hard to he got all that Presidents Cup experience, so that's why he's playing well. Obviously. <laughs> Mac Hughes, I would say last year changed tears for me. Um, like he showed to me that he's better than I thought he was. Why? For sure. I don't know. The The luck happens more consistently, I feel. And at some point you can get like enough, then you're just good. I'm not saying he's great or like at a top status, but he went from a tier that I didn't think much of into a new tier of golfers that um, yeah, I like and I think could win. I think could win this week. That's all. He's better than I thought he was. I thought yeah. he was a luck sack. I mean, he is That's a luck. All. He is a luck sack. But these are the types of tournaments that I think that if he's I mean, he won the Sanderson Farms. He's won the RSM. Sony Open kind of fits in the mold with those types of tournaments, I would think. And you're getting for you're getting pretty deep odds on him in this field. Like, yeah, he's the same odds as like Webb Simpson, who may or may not be dead at this point. So a little quote from Webby. He, he likes 
he's excited about this week. He also realizes these are really the only types of courses he has a chance to, you know, really compete at. Just a, a question about the the top putter strategy on a course where it seems like even bad putters putt well. Well, I does mean, your like does your Denny McCarthy, Bezaden Hote, like putting strengths are they kind of negated here? Well, you, I mean, Bezaden Hote on paper, I think would actually rate out really well. I, but when I look back at how he's done at this course, it's been very poor over the years because he can be a really good iron player. Like he's a terrible driver. He can be amazing with his irons, but his putting has been like bad for a while, which is interesting to see. He was 17th at this uh, tournament last year. So yeah, Bez would, I guess, kind of fit that. I mean, I just don't bet Denny McCarthy. The guy doesn't win. The guy has his peak no, putting week every week and can't win. I'm they're not I'm not betting Denny McCarthy, but just as it's he's always seems to be a topic of conversation. And I don't even know if the putting. Like we talk about sometimes where guys strengths are are negated or neutralized, I could argue that's the case here. Well, I don't think the putting is negated here. I, I mean, I don't know where you got that from. What did I say to you that you thought that that's what I meant? Just because Corey Connors has, I, I was making the point with Connors that just for whatever reason at this course, he's putted well. No, but it seems like these are very easy greens. Are they? I mean, there are guys who struggle on the greens here. Like It's going to be a give and take. Like if someone's plus nine, you know, it's gained on the field. Someone's going to be minus nine to even that out. It's going to be zero as a net by the end of the week. Okay. So... I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Okay. I, I obviously, I, I just didn't want I to make that, that wrong. Yeah. I guess yeah, I just wanted to dispel what that point was going to be. Is there anyone else from this range that you did want to talk about? Like, do you have interest in Harris English who has played a little bit? He played a lot better in the swing season. If he's getting himself back, this used to be a tournament where he played great. I would almost at the same price be more intrigued by Kurt Kitayama, Pat. Okay. Uh, strokes gain T to green seems on on point. Um, all the the approach is something I would be concerned about, but the guy seems to score and can enter these parties. Seems lower though. I feel like, uh, yeah, I guess last year we were getting these probably closer to the hundred to one. It seems like Kitty Yama starts the year cut in half. Well, I think he snuck inside the top fifty in the world, so it made him eligible for the Masters, I believe. He's a good player. We like we've seen it. And he has the wins on the DP tour, so it's not like he is immune from winning. Like he's never broken through before. We just a lot of players or a lot of people who follow the PGA tour haven't seen it, but a lot of people who bet on golf have seen it. So they're kind of hedging against them in that market. And I think when you run the numbers that he would turn out to be pretty good. I like your call of Cam Davis. I do. I just, I kind of told myself that unless it's an absolute like bomb that I'm not getting behind anyone who didn't play a week ago, but I think that's where I'm going to end up right now. Like that Hughes Poston will probably end up on the card from deep down. And then when we get into like, at like absolute long shots, I mean the popular one, like when I did the research show, I've already seen people talking about it on Twitter is Ben Griffin, Ben Griffin, 125 to one. So Ben Griffin, 125 to one. I was going to say, though, when you say long shots, like does your does what a long shot mean? Well, by, means, by the has way, that, has by that the changed way, by the way that we do it? It's usually 100 to one and beyond. No. OK, yes, I understand for the purposes of our show. 
But when quantifying like what's a long shot when betting PGA Tour golf, oh, like it 50. Almo- <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like now it's 50 when before literally yeah long shots 80 to 100 like those are long shots now it feels like that conversation starts at 50 um yeah so you said uh you didn't say will gordon you said uh, i said ben griffin 125 to 1 will gordon's like 50 to 1 yeah i don't really understand that people like will gordon i guess yeah that kind of took me off guard uh seeing it as high as um you know using uh I know you're in the odds checker family. There is on you on that grid somewhere with an 80 on Will Gordon. So maybe that's something people can look into. What what do you got for uh, Big Ben? It just the form during the swing season was really good. He played really well in Bermuda. That's a tournament that he should have won, not Seamus Power. Also, why is Seamus Power not playing this week? This is a tournament he could win. It's too rich now. <laughs> Seamus too rich? He's like cussed? The Tim Reaper, yeah, as uh, people have started to call him. I don't mind uh, Ben Griffin. What about, oh, jeez, 110 Sorry. to 1. Sorry. Oh, no, I, I was going to say, with Ben Griffin, just gaining off the tee, gaining on approaches, and when he putts, he putts really well. Like, he's the ultimate yo-yo putter. It's either a lot gained or a lot lost. There's no real in-between for him. And really, realistically, I don't really give a shit if he loses four strokes putting or gains point five. That's not doing me any good. I need those plus fives, plus sixes, which he is capable of. Over a hundred to one, I was staring at Grayson Sig, okay. but the approach numbers do concern me. Now, but, uh, is he like your new? I mean, it worked with Seamus Power. The Seamus Power ended up being really good, despite not being the bomber that maybe you thought that he was because his name was Power. Do you just like the? Are you just drawn to the name Grayson Sig because it's a cool name? No, I, I the the numbers, uh, the numbers aren't bad at all. He's Denny McCarthy like, like when you look at where he does well. Okay, but it's double the the price. Sure. Okay. And no, I like Grayson Sig because I bet him a lot down the stretch last year, some events, and I he in, he impressed me. Other than there's like a quad bogey waiting for me. Kirk is pretty high up here at eighty to one. Probably not going to get on my guy Davis Thompson yet. I suppose any of the Georgia boys are going to sneak on Hoagie's plane. Oh, maybe, maybe that's something they can do. Do you? Who was the guy in the Packers game uh, who pushed the trainer? He was a Georgia guy. (laughs) What an idiot! Second day he's been kicked out for pushing a coach this year on Sunday Night Football. Was it Walker? That's incredible. Quay Walker. That's incredible. That's That's the one of the dumb. I remember in the the Chargers lost a playoff game to the Jets and Vincent Jackson threw the penalty flag back at the ref. <laughs> he also got arrested the like the day before the game. What a fuck. People wonder why. Yeah, never mind. AJ Smith didn't want to keep him around. Um or lowballed him with contracts. Should we talk about um, should we talk about Semikawa? Cuz Taiga Semikawa is playing in this tournament. 21-year-old, was the number one amateur in the world. He won two events as an amateur on the Japanese tour like three months ago. Then he won another one. So, 
I don't know. Like he's, we're going to be seeing a lot of this guy in the near future. He's never played on the PGA Tour before. He's two hundred and fifty to one. Uh, he, like he's already flashed winning upside. Maybe he's just Tom Kim two point That would be incredible. Let's make some more magic. But what's remember, the, what's do, the? Do you remember when we bet Tom Kim at the Fortnet? I think it was at like four hundred to one, like a year and a half ago, and now it's all happened. <laughs> that is really funny. Thank you, Sky. Sky was on the ball with 17-year-old Tom Kim. They revoked all of our bets. Yes. Because it was they were different names, right? Well, he well, yeah, he was. We knew him as Tom Kim, but he was going by Jun Hyun Kim or whatever the hell his real name is. Smart marketing move on his part to go by Tom Kim, by the way. Genius. You're into guys who played last week, right? I am. Shez Reevy? Oh yeah, how did you know? Because he, like he's the only one left. Well, no, there's there's three there's three losers who played in the field last week that are playing this week. It's Brem, Ramey, and Reevy. Like, I don't know. I you know how, what what are his odds? I didn't even see what his odds were. Are they beyond? If they're beyond two hundred and fifty to one, I will bet on Chez Reevy. Uh, they're two hundred, but I swear DraftKings might have had a three hundred out on on the open this morning that I just kind of giggled at and I should have bet it I guess. Let's see, he's well, a, he's maybe a, not. Yeah, I might play him one hundred and seventy five to one with the each way. Why the fuck not? Right? Yeah. I mean, this is his type of course. It's just dude. Yes, right. That goes back to Mark the Mark Wilson case. You're really hooked on the Mark way. Mark Wilson won a PGA National too. No, I just mean like, like it's five a type. Wins. It's a, it's a player type. It's not so much Mark Wilson. It's just this event. Yeah, it opens the door for the chat. The 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 Chez Reeves. They what what as we kind of said it. Like what what Montgomery does doesn't really get him much here, unless he does it to the very best of his capabilities. Which you know that's going to be an outlier either way. He could not play the best off the tee game he's ever played at a place where driving really matters and still just trounce the field. Like if he is not hitting it dead straight in 350 and just like putting from just off the fringe on all these holes, then there's really no difference between him and someone like Chez Reevy, who's going to put it to 110 yards and hit it in 10 feet. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every single player in the field has the opportunity to play into the greens with short irons and wedges. And, and even like that. And even the par fives are attackable in two here. By anyone, realistically, like the super high eagle rate on number nine, I think it's like a 6% eagle rate. That means that not only the long hitters are making eagle on that hole. Quick picks, unless there's anyone else you want to talk about. No, not at all. Do you really not see yourself betting anyone who didn't play last week? I, I don't actually. No one. Uh, the only one that really leaped out to me was Woodland, weirdly enough, because he had been playing pretty well during the swing. Him and Harris English were the two that I was looking at. Yes, uh, sixty to one, I think, at DraftKings for Gary. Yeah, and I think it's sixty to one for Harris English as well, isn't it? Or is he higher? Yeah, saw Gary's just talking about feeling good and feeling real healthy for the first time in a while. Yeah, so. those have dropped, by the way. It's Woodland fifty and Harris English fifty-five. I still think that they're deeper in other places at the moment. Oh, Semikawa just dropped from 250 to 350 on DraftKings Sportsbook. There we go. Bet top 40 on that guy. 
someone else we didn't talk about. I'm not meaning to drag this on and I don't see myself betting him, but I'm watching him closely. And if you're doing the show, were you doing the show with Ben this week? That, no, Tambo and I do the show in studio every every Wednesday. Now. Oh, okay. You're right. I actually, <laughs> as I was saying that, I think my head was saying, you're wrong, because that's great. Great plan. Tambo's the man. Um, okay. So because you're not going to be doing it with Ben, I'll mention Emiliano Grio, who was incredible then the season. Uh, the form was outstanding. Outstanding. It was so good even chose to not play some things at the end he's like no nah, it's kind of been good enough it sucks i didn't win but i'm playing good i feel good i want to bet grio so much but i need to just i want to see it like ramp up again yeah he kind of lost it towards the end of the season like he, he went yeah. on a nice little run he was making a ton of putts he gained strokes on the green in seven straight events and then he hit the Shriners and barely made the cut, I remember, because I bet him. He came like 73rd that week or something like that. Then he top five the next week, and then he had two like lousy performances to end the year, and that was the end of him. And he started losing strokes on the green again. Yeah. So I think there could be another heater or a little wagon in there, and obviously his wagons don't even mean wins, uh, but I'm watching it because if I see sign of life, I will get back on it, and I'll uh, represent Ben. But, oh, my God, I don't want to develop a Grio betting problem because that sounds horrible. Yeah, I mean, there are, dr it, there are hard drugs that actually sound less destructive than that. If you start betting Grio in consecutive weeks uh, this early in the season, I have a number, 1-800-GAMBLER, uh, that you need to call. And maybe we can find you a replacement on the show for a little bit. No, he wasn't even hot. He was highlighted in the sense I want to talk about him, but he's in no way like going to survive a cut or two of determining who I'm going to bet. Um, my quick picks, Corey Connors, Cam Davis. Those will be for sure bets. Um, Corey Connors, Cam Davis. Okay, Connors and Cam Davis. Harmon... I'm going to bet Herman at 27 because I did that while we were talking because I didn't want to lose the number. I have to make a decision because I'm going to bet Poston at 80, 75 or 80. I'll have to figure out if I want to each way or do the enhanced on that. And I'm going to bet Hughes at basically the same number, uh, either 70, 75 or 80, whatever it turns out to be, and how I'm feeling uh, when it comes down to it. So those two and Herman. So 27, 75 and 75. Horschel, Connors would be my bets. Unless I do like Spieth or something like that, if that makes sense. Like I, I want to leave the option open of taking one of those top four guys or those two. Even like as someone guys. who bet, Con as someone who bet Connors, I'm starting to think the option of Spieth is better than Connors and Horschel. Well, <laughs> well Horschel is double what Spieth is, or more than double what Spieth is, and Connors just isn't. So. At least I feel like there's more value on Billy there. But, I mean, who knows with Billy? And do you real like, is there any way in which you see yourself betting Tom Kim? Like, getting there? <laughs> well, here's the thing. If I've just bet Herman at 27, I mean, I think I can make it feasible. Herman at 27, Poston and Hughes at 80, and then Tom Kim at 12. Like, that actually <laughs> does work out. Um, but the bet needs to be big on Mr. Tom Kim. But I would still, like, I, I always try to make everything work to be between, like, four and six X for the week, what I put in. 
Um, but, but even like playing a smaller card last week, it was like eight to nine X just cause I didn't make that many plays. I could probably make that work out. Let's see. 12 to one. Yeah. I could probably have like five X if I played those four. So that's something I'm going to give some consideration to. All right. Oh, one and done. Yeah. First week of the one and done. So thank you everyone for filling up the giant. I always, next year when I stress out about it, not filling, just let me know that it filled seven days in advance this time. I'm like, 2,000 people signed up in two days, and that was the end of it uh, once we actually started doing <laughs> golf shows again. So we can actually make it bigger for next year. We did $500,000 of guaranteed money this year. Uh, maybe we'll shoot for like six fifty next year, really swing for the fences. We'll need everyone's help, so hopefully everyone enjoys their experience in the race for the Mayo Cup. So the big one is closed. The $1,000 is closed. Tambo and I are going to set one of my entries aside to make our actual picks on the Wednesday show for the one and done. So I have four teams. One of them will be like the show team with Tambo and I as we talk through our picks and try to do some more strategy there. Some more one and done talk coming on Wednesday's show. But for this show, it's going to be our first reaction, me versus Jeff versus Tim. Oh, and two things before I make the picks in case people are still watching. If anyone has hookups in Cabo for like, you know, one of the top end hotels, you let me know. You got like some promo codes or discount codes or something like that. I mean, I don't want to shell out like 13,000 bucks to go stay somewhere for four days, but like if it was seven grand, I would probably do it. Uh, additionally, I just booked a place in Sonoma for just after the Masters. So if anyone's got an in at like Silverado, you know, you let me know. Me and my buddy want to get on. We'll play around with you if you would be kind enough to take us out. Yes, Jeff, you raised your hand. No, I was saying I, I love it because uh, having done Disney, there is like a little orbit that you'd be, I mean, maybe there's more of, Disney than Cabo, but um, yeah, there there is an orbit, so you should use it. If I used it, you should use it. Yeah, if, if, any, um, if anyone has ways to save me money or get me onto golf courses, you let me know. All right, you get a big shout out on the show. And Sonoma, that's some that's some that's some beautiful beautiful stuff. Good times. Yes, I am taking uh, two weeks off following the Masters. Well, as the PGA Tour should. <laughs> like well i'll be here for the heritage shows we'll do the heritage shows that i'm leaving so i'm gonna miss like the zurich and byron nelson and honestly no one's gonna care i uh no i think you'll be uh okay yeah perfect zurich being one of them yeah it's actually zurich well. in mexico i think and not that anyone should be too concerned but i will say this year pat because of my geographic location um i got partners for the one and done this year. So someone's not going to be bailing after the masters people. Fantasygolfchampionships.com. There's still a $25 and a $50 open right now. They're smaller, but if you missed out on the big one and done or couldn't afford the 125 bucks, um, I mean, I probably should have announced the winners. I gave away the, I gave away the, the four free tickets and I had to give them out a bit earlier because it was about to fill. So I had to go send it to them. You know who won. I sent you the fucking tickets. Where are they? Miles, Urgy, James, and Cody were the three winner, four winners of the free entry to the one and done. Anyway, my pick for the one and done this week, I'll take Brian Harmon. As you know, there are no direct flights from Toronto to Jacksonville. 
That doesn't surprise me. I always found it really difficult to fly Toronto to Nashville. or No, to Charleston. I really wanted to go to Charleston because uh, my wife and I, big fans of the show Southern Charm, wanted to check out Charleston, maybe go to Kiowa Island, check that out for a little bit. But there was no direct flights. So I had to connect to, like, Nashville or something. Yeah. But it's probably quicker to connect in Philly or Atlanta to go to Jacksonville than fly to Orlando and drive. Um, and then maybe play Sawgrass. Just well, telling you where my brain is at. Well, I remember when we did uh, before the DFS Open caused COVID and canceled the world. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, we did. did. We did do that. It was the week before the world Super shut down. Super uh, I, I had a flight that was going into Palm Beach uh, direct and like it got like delayed or something like that for like four hours. So I just I asked him, I was like, can you throw me on this next flight to Miami or wherever? Uh, yeah, it was, I think it was Miami. It was Miami or Orlando. It's Miami's close to it, right? I just took an Uber. Yeah, from they're the, both pretty close. Yeah, I took an Uber from the Miami airport to like me and Rick's Airbnb. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'll tell you that Palm Beach airport, though, it is five star. It is five star. It's really nice. I flew. I flew back out of it. I was shocked at how yeah. nice it was. They only. Yeah, they got that direct from Toronto, but it's only in like high winter season. They know they know what's up. It's such a great little airport. They got like putting greens everywhere. You're, you're in, I'm in heaven sometimes in that airport. The the because yeah. the, 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 I Tim and I went to the Minnesota airport for the Super Bowl, and I don't remember if this is just the international terminal or it's just one big terminal. But because the Ryder Cup was there, their lounge has like golf simulators, and it's a PGA lounge basically. It's awesome. Yeah. Golf okay. simulator. So I guess everyone's everyone's just waiting on uh, on oh. me. I'll get it out. I'll get it out of the way. I'll go. I'll go, I'll burn a gun here. Jordan Spieth. Let's Spieth. go. All right. So Harmon really for me, stupid. Spieth for you, Hollywood Hoagie for Tim Andacust for the one and dones week one. Again, if you're the guy who ran it last year, uh, reach out to me, please. Also, no more victory lapping on my Twitter timeline. I'm blocking you if you do it before. An, like, I don't want to hear about any bet before it's over. I just don't want to hear about it. I, I can't handle it. And I was telling people, like, I just don't message me on Friday night about a winning bet. It hasn't won. We still got, and it didn't win. You know what I mean? It just makes it worse for my, my mental sanity. It just makes it worse. <laughs> you know what yeah. it's like. Breaking, it's hard. It's, it's yeah. break, breaking news, by the way. Uh-oh. Cliff Kingsbury. You're fired, pal. I was wondering what was going to happen there. That was one of the, that was an interesting domino. Not shocked. You just thought with maybe the build Bidwells and owing a few extra years, they might just, and the quarterback being hurt, they might just sort of, I don't want to say, um, just sink next year, but no, good, good. Yeah. We'll talk good. about you this. Respect that. Yeah. They'll hire Steve Wiltz probably. Yeah. Your coach sucks. Like who cares what the contract is? You get him out. Like, that should be the M.O. That should be the M.O. Well, we'll discuss this more on the Spread Pick Show, which will come out on Tuesday evening. Brandon Staley quote for you. Oh, There's only God. 48 guys that you can choose from, and these aren't easy decisions. Hindsight is perfect for everybody on the outside, but these games are not easy to manage. They're not, because you don't have that many players. We did it to the best of our abilities, Jeff. I Listen... I like the resilience the team has shown this year, but I told you he's the monorail salesman. Like, I like, what do you want me to do? I don't, I don't, I don't know. We'll have a talk about it tomorrow because this is a back thing and it's a, just a spasm, but you know, spasms 
Um, you know, they can be horrible. They could be great. I'm kind of worried about the cross country flight for Mike. Maybe he'll have to do Russell Wilson running on the plane or something. Keep loose. But we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. But all signs seem like everyone's survived. We'll see. Now I'm annoyed again. Well, more on that on Tuesday show with Jeff and Tim as we get into the football playoffs. Good good time for content on the Pat Mayo experience, and it's all going to dry up in about a month. Anyway, follow Jeff on Twitter at gfeinberg17. Smash the like, sub to the channel, leave a rating and review, and play in the DraftKings Listeners League link down in the description right now. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo experience! Experience! Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.